Hello, dear friends. Welcome to Being an Everyday Hero, episode number 10, Your Secret Identity. My name is Brett Culp. Thanks for joining me for a few minutes here today. You know, in life, one of the big questions that is asked, that we ask ourselves and that we ask other people is, who are you? Who are you really at your deepest level? Who are you? And that question is so important because the answer to it determines so much about our life and our behavior and the choices we make and what we do. So today I want to talk about that a little bit. I want to talk about the the nature of who we are and uh, perhaps even the things that we keep secret from the world and keep secret from ourselves and how releasing those and understanding ourselves on a deeper and even bigger level Uh, can open us up to some incredible things in life. So I look forward to sharing some of that with you. I have been on a crazy journey. I, uh, most of these past episodes, I had to kind of record in advance and schedule because the past month I have just been on an incredibly crazy whirlwind of travel and filming. And some of it was personal, uh, vacation time during the summertime here, but but I'm back in the office today and I'm actually recording this and putting it out on the exact same day. Hallelujah! Uh, but that's that's really cool to be in a spot where I can do that again. But uh, I've got more travel coming up. In fact, um, this weekend I'm headed to Chicago to film for our upcoming documentary, A Voice That Carries, which is about the powerful relationships between fathers and daughters. So I'll be in Chicago this weekend for that, and then next week I will be in Detroit for a, a couple of days. Uh, I'm filming one story for A Voice That Carries, and then one story for Look to the Sky. And I'll be posting, which is the other film we're working on, which tells the stories of young people who have demonstrated the superhero spirit in their life. You can learn more about both of those movies at my website, brettculp.com. And you can see the little teasers or trailers for both of those movies, which uh, we're targeting to come out next year in 2017. So super excited about that. And you can kind of follow along the journey of that with me when I go on these uh, little trips. Uh, I'm real active on Facebook and Twitter and the Instagram. And I'd love for you to follow along those adventures. Uh, Let's talk about your secret identity. I, I love superheroes and you may love them too. And if you've seen any of my work or my films or know anything about me, you know that I have affection for superheroes. And one of the things that is intriguing about them, for most of them, is that they have secret identities. Not all superheroes have super secret identities, but most of them do. And that started back with the archetype of Superman, Clark Kent, and the the kind of dichotomy and struggle between the two sides of his personality. It's one of the things that makes him very interesting as a character and made him interesting as a character in the very early days of his existence in comic books was that kind of unique struggle, that unique storytelling device of that. But one of the discussions that comes up among people that love superheroes, uh, movies, comic books, video games, all those things, is which one is the real identity? Which identity is real? And that comes up often, particularly in stories like Superman and Batman. You know, you look at Superman and is Clark Kent the fake identity or is Superman the fake identity? When is he real? When is he actually himself? And really it depends on which writer you read because some writers envision it one way and some of them envision it another way. 
some of them talk about the humanity of Superman and the fact that he is just a, you know, they, they maximize that. And so for them, Clark Kent is the real person and Superman is the false identity that he uses to do all the things that he can't do as Clark Kent without putting his family and loved ones in jeopardy. But some other people say, no, the guy in the tights who's flying and smiling and doing all the good things, that is who he really is. That's his real existence. What's underneath the Clark Kent garb that he, when he rips open the shirt, that's really the guy. And Clark Kent is really just the facade. And so they write it that way with it kind of him being, you know, goofy and making the silly mistakes and the errors. And um, that's kind of the Christopher Reeves version of Superman um, and, and was the original version of Superman, I think, uh, in most of the early stories. And Batman's the same way, you know, is he is Bruce Wayne the false identity and he's only really himself when he's Batman? Or is it the reverse, that Bruce Wayne is who he is and Batman is like a costume that he puts on, something false to go out into the world and do the things that Bruce Wayne can't do? It's a very interesting discussion. What comes into my mind when I think about it is this guy that I filmed with a couple of years ago for our film Legends of the Night, and I know him as Petaluma Batman. And what's interesting about this guy is that I actually, even as the filmmaker, don't know who he really is. I flew out to Petaluma, California to film with him. And he is a guy, when I filmed with him, he was 19 years old. And um, he he dressed in this really cheap Batman costume that he had put together with stuff he got from Kmart and things he spray painted and his his belt was a spray painted gold belt and he just wore shoes and black pants and a mask that he got you know cheaply and he went out into the community of Petaluma California and did good deeds for people and really helped them uh, in a positive way. And it wasn't this, you know, incredible, you know, he didn't have, he didn't really fight crime or do bad things, but, you know, he found somebody's wallet on the street and, you know, when he was parading around and he took it to the police station and he worked and he actually found the person that needed it. He, when a girl went missing in their community, he really headed up an effort to try to find her, uh, this missing girl. And uh, you can see some of those stories in Legends of the Night, but, but I actually made a decision that I did not want to know what his face was underneath that. I never saw it. And I had, for legal reasons, I had to get him to sign this document. But I had him sign it, and I folded it in half, and I put a star on it, and I gave it to my manager, my office manager, my production manager, and she had it, and I never even actually looked at it. So to this day, I actually don't know who Petaluma Batman is. I don't know what his secret identity is. I do have his text number, and I was thinking the other day maybe I should invite him to be a guest on the podcast because he retired um, shortly after I filmed with him, and he actually doesn't do that anymore. He doesn't go around on the evenings and weekends and do good deeds around Petaluma dressed as Batman. Um, I think he had to go to college <laughs> or something like that. So, you know, I've been intrigued to kind of follow up with him and see what his life has been like. But I made, and what his reflections are on on that experience now that he's got a little distance from it. But but in that moment I of filming with him and then editing, I actually did not want to know who he was because I think the assumption in my mind was that that we would all say yeah that was his real identity underneath there and the costume he was wearing it was a costume 
it wasn't his real identity. It was false. It wasn't really who he was. Um, that was like a sham um, just for fun to kind of cover up his real self and let him be um, something different. I didn't want to think of him that way. For me, I wanted his identity as Petaluma Batman to be the real identity. I wanted it to be the only identity I knew because that's how I wanted to know him. That's how I wanted to think about him in my mind and in my heart. And so to this day, that's who he is. And when I watch that movie and when I think about Petaluma Batman, I don't even have another reference point to think about him from. He is Petaluma Batman to me. And those good deeds that he did and the things he did to help the community and make a difference and spread fun and cheer and positive inspiration, that is him. That's the only him I know. You know, I like that and I like thinking about that because... It simplifies something that for each of us is so much more complex. It, it was nice and has been nice for me to think about someone in the world in that kind of way. But the truth of our lives is that we are so much more complex than that. But what I know is, and this is the difficulty of being complex, is that ultimately your behavior is driven by the way you see yourself. Your belief about your identity drives everything about what you do. It drives the way you dress, the people you spend your time with, the words you say, the the types of words you use, the the educational choices you make, the work and employment choices you make are all driven by your identity, the way that you see yourself. In the complexity of who we are, because we are so many things, um, and, and you cannot define any one person by just one label or one thing, but in our minds, in our hearts, we have to at some point make a decision about which parts of ourselves are going to be those defining parts, which are going to be the parts that we say, you know what, I'm going to choose to be defined by this. This is who I am. And this is what I believe myself to be. That decision is really important, and a lot of us make it unconsciously. We don't make it intentionally. And oftentimes, it wasn't even made by us. (laughs) It was made by someone else who is the voice in our head that says, this is who you are. This is who you are. And, you know, one of the greatest gifts people can give us in life is to speak a positive truth to us about who we are, whether it's a parent or a teacher or a friend or a family member, you know, for them to say this positive thing, this is who you are. Now act according to this. Now live according to this because this is you. This is your best self. You are this. This is your identity. But sometimes the voices that are the loudest are the ones that say the opposite of that. And so we find ourselves stuck in stories that we don't like and that are not our full potential because there's that voice in our head that is saying, this is as good as you can be. You're not really that smart. You're not that intelligent. You're not that bright. You're not that pretty. You're not that talented. You're not that charismatic. You're not that likable. You're not that skilled. 
you're not that committed. You're not that dependable. You're not that loyal. You're not that go on and on, right? Maybe at some point in that list, I hit your thing, but maybe I didn't. But they all boil down to this one assertion that you are not enough to do whatever, to be whatever. And those voices become very limiting for us, and they often define us because we don't choose them, but we allow them to define us. And and the truth is, when we look at our life and say, you know, I want this to be different. I can see a greater potential. I could see more. I can see it in other people's lives. I can see it even in my own self. I can see more. And you say to yourself, okay, well, how do I get more? How do I achieve a life? And I don't just mean when I say more, like more stuff or more wealth. I mean that abundant kind of life that 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 is just attracting the feelings and the experiences you want, the kind of happiness and joy and peace and and goodness and charitableness and generosity and openness and compassion that that all of us know at the end of the day we really want in our lives. How do you get that in your life? I don't think you can change and create the long-term difference, not just the short-term, like I'm going to white-knuckle it and I'm going to be different, but real enduring change, change that lasts at a fundamental core level. I don't think you can create that kind of change without changing your identity, without changing the way you see yourself. And I'm not just talking about putting on a pair of glasses or, you know, changing the way you look on a superficial level. I'm talking about at the core level, changing the way you see yourself and what you believe to be true about you. I don't think you can create lasting change in your own life without shifting your identity. So let's talk about that for a minute. If we're going to consider the idea that maybe identity that my sense of myself, who I believe myself to be, needs a shift, then where does that shift start? How do we even begin to to make a positive shift that way? And I would say the place to start, at least this has been true for me, is to start by choosing the most expansive vision of yourself. And what I mean by that is the vision that is the most open to possibility. To start in the place of saying, you know, wow, the world is wide open to me and who I can be is wide open to me and I have choices and I'm not stuck in where I am. I'm going to look at my world in a very expansive way. You know, I um, when we were doing some stuff with my son Judah, my son Judah has some uh, different challenges and has been diagnosed on the autism spectrum and um some other some sensory processing disorder and I can talk about that more another time but one of the things that a doctor said to us when we first uh, were trying to understand what's helpful for him is he said you know one of the challenges with many people today is we're we spend most of our time in a very constricted view we're looking we're putting our focus on a small little handheld device that's in our hand or a tablet or, uh, or even a television set these are very constrictive, small ranges of vision. And we are taking our eyes and our mind and we are compressing all the space around us 
and we're looking at a very small, tiny little area and giving all of our attention to it. That expert said that's actually not very good for your mind long term. That that kind of creates this sort of emotional, sensory, closed-offness. And one of the reasons why it's awesome to be outside, you know, we talk about the fresh air and being outside and running and all that stuff, but when you're outdoors, it's this very expansive view of the world, right? It's it's like the whole world is all around you. Like there's no need for virtual reality when you're outside. It has that expansive, wide feeling about it. The horizon is so is so long and the sky is so big and it takes your senses and your brain, your mind, your vision, your heart and it opens it up to a wider range of view. That's the kind of thing you want to do with your identity, with your sense of yourself. We start sometimes very small and we feel like this is just me, this tiny little person in this tiny little place, in this tiny little, uh, we'll go back to the Clark Kent analogy, this tiny, small, powerless sort of weak character. That's who I am. This is what defines me. And so we, we make decisions and we act and we choose and we dress and we speak in ways that reflect this very small sense of ourselves. So start wide open. Start expansive. Start thinking about your life and feeling about your life, how you feel and how it looks when you're willing to just stop for a minute and look at the sky and just say, wow, that is huge. Look at how big that is. It just goes on and on and I can't even see the edge of it. Think of yourself that way. Think of yourself as expansive, as open, as bigger. Use bigger words when you talk about yourself. Use use these superlatives that we usually only say for the big situations. The words like fabulous and tremendous and spectacular and amazing and extraordinary. Those types of words. But even then, as you use those words, still know in your heart that they are even too small. That words are too small to define you and your spirit and your core. That even those words, as expansive and big as they feel, are still too small. It's not enough for you. This kind of mentality started for me in my career. In the early days of my career, I called my, when people would say, well, what do you do for a living? I would say, I'm a videographer. And videographer is really just a kind of a transitionary word from photographer. So instead of saying photo, you just say video and addographer at the end of it. You know, and that was a common term for a long time for people that walked around with, you know, video cameras and essentially took videos of things in mostly kind of boring ways, you know, either on a tripod or just in one stable spot. And most of what they produced was not that exciting. So when you said to someone you were a videographer, it was not a particularly exciting term. And then one day somebody said to me, you should stop calling yourself a videographer and call yourself a filmmaker. That felt very like it took a lot of audacity to do that. I didn't feel like I could say that. I was like, well, at the time, I don't, I haven't actually made any films. I'm not sure that I should call myself a filmmaker. What? Why would I do that? But I, I realized as I thought about it that it wasn't just about 
picking the word that defined what I had done in the past the most accurately. It was more about picking a word to define me and my work that was the direction I was going, that had a bigger, more future, eye-to-the-future focus on it. And so I started calling myself a filmmaker, and I started thinking of myself as a filmmaker, and I started bringing the spirit of a filmmaker to everything I did rather than the spirit of a videographer. Now, all those words don't really mean anything. If you want to call yourself a videographer, fine. If you want to call yourself a filmmaker, fine. But the point for me was by using a more expansive word for what I was doing, it helped me develop a bigger sense. And I think that was part for me of moving towards a transition of actually being a filmmaker and and doing that. But then what was so interesting is now, if I tell you all the things that I do and all the things that my mind is focused on right now, from my filmmaking to the charitable efforts we care about to the communicating I'm doing and my speaking and all that stuff, I don't have a word for myself anymore. I'm not sure exactly who I am that I could describe in words. And sometimes that makes me feel a little bit insecure because I wish I had this thing I could grab onto and say, here's what I do. There is some safety and some security in that, in feeling good about those words. But I think for us as people, we're using words often, one word sometimes, to try to define ourselves, and we are just too big for that. Your life is too much for that. Your life is too, it's just too incredible. There's too much potential in you for that. And so I've come to terms with that for myself that even me, as well as I know myself and as much time as I spend in my world every day, which is all day in my world, right? I still don't exactly know what I do. I still don't exactly know what this thing is that I could describe it in one word. I'm kind of a mystery to myself and that's okay. That's okay. That is, I feel comfortable with that because that has become that expansive version of me. And tomorrow I might add some new facet to that that's beyond anything that I have on the list today. And I'm open to that. And so the question is, are you open to that? Are you looking at your life as this adventure of exploring all these different dimensions of yourself and finding all those different places? Or have you kind of closed down and said, all right, this is me. This is who I am. I'm going to kind of tighten it up in a box. And this is me. I've defined myself and I'm not moving. And although that's very comfortable and it might be very safe and it might feel secure, it's very limiting. And it, it, it leaves so many parts of you that are beautiful and amazing, unexplored. So, you know, it may be a helpful exercise for you. You know, maybe you need some help. Maybe you need somebody else. Maybe you need to think of like the most curious person you know, the person that likes to ask the most questions and dig the deepest. And even the person that asks the weird questions and the stupid questions and say, hey, I need your help to kind of explore my own spirit for a few minutes. (laughs) Could you kind of ask me some questions and talk to me like you don't know who I am and you're trying to figure me out, you know, And let's see what comes out of that. Let's see who I am when we get done with this. Let's see all these different parts. And you may find that you're not so easy to define, um, that it's it's not as you're much more complex and expansive. And that's okay. That's awesome, in fact. In fact, the more of that there is, the more you're getting in touch with, with the amazing thing that is you. 
inside of you. And that's, that's awesome. Um, I did a film a couple of years ago for a good friend of mine named Sean DeFreitas. And you can see this film on, on my website at brettculp.com. Um, you click brettculp.com, go to films, and then I think it's under organizations on that page. And uh, Sean DeFreitas is, I mean, his work kind of defies description. I mean, he's been a costume designer and an event designer and a show producer and event producer and he does all this incredible creative stuff that has to do with live events and in the in the the short film that I created that kind of told the story of his work you kind of feel that from him because he starts out by saying you know I never saw myself as an artist you know I didn't see myself the way I saw real true creative artistic people I thought I was just a guy that designed costumes and it was when he shifted his perspective about that to open up that his world really opened up in a unique way. And now if you watch that film, he's got this incredible portfolio of things that he's done because he just keeps saying yes. And he's now, you know, an award-winning floral designer. <laughs> you know, he never, he, that, that wasn't on his landscape, but he just kept saying yes to that expansiveness and learning and growing. And now he's got this creative capability that's really incredible starting from his work as a costume designer. And so I really admire him for that and that piece of him. And and that's that's just that's just the excitement of being alive and knowing that. And so so when you think about that and and there's so much more we could talk about about this, but 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 when you think about that and and thinking about okay, so yeah, I want to be that kind of person. How do I change that? How do I become that? And the simple answer is by internalizing new truths about yourself, by believing different things to be true, by essentially saying those narrow, those narrow, simplistic, small versions of myself are lies. And the wide open, big vision pictures that, that only exist in my imagination, those are the truth. That even if you haven't seen it out there in the world, that you can, that you you haven't seen yourself do those things, and you're like, man, I, I, but I'm not that. I haven't done that before. Yeah, but if it's in your brain, and if you can imagine it, then you can move towards becoming it. When I was thinking about what the title of this podcast would be, being an everyday hero, I intentionally chose that word being because being is different than doing. I had a therapist, I've worked with several different therapists in my life, and I am a huge fan of therapy because they ask the questions you never think to ask yourself. And one of my, a therapist that I had like 10 years ago said, Brett, one of your problems is is you're way too much of a human doing and not enough of a human being. And that really kind of caught me because I was like, "Eh, yeah, you're right. I'm so fixated on what I'm doing and how I'm doing it, what I'll do next and what I did in the past and what I did in the future, what I'll do in the future. I'm so fixated on thinking about the things that I'm doing all the time and my actions and my behavior and my words that I never stop and just be, just be. The title of this podcast was chosen because the first step to doing heroic things in the world is choosing to think of yourself as being, being an everyday hero. 
by stopping and saying, you know what, I'm going to shift my perspective and I'm going to start to think of myself in terms of a hero. And I'm just going to sit for a minute and just be that. I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to be a hero sitting right here, thinking of myself that way. That is you internalizing new truths about yourself. Stopping and seeing it differently and choosing to see your life differently. And there's power in that. Oh my goodness, there's so much power in that. Because when you're able to do that, then you you start to see everything change. When the picture you have of yourself changes, everything changes. Everything else changes. And you start to find that you have a willingness and a desire to accomplish and pursue things you've never pursued before, that you've always been afraid of. But the reason you've been afraid of them was because you had a vision of yourself that wouldn't allow for that kind of uh, pursuit. But when you change the vision, now all of a sudden you gain a confidence that says, yeah, I, I am the kind of person that does this sort of thing, that takes on this kind of challenges and succeeds. And so you go for it. You start to look to the future with hope because you're able to say to yourself, yeah, I'm the kind of person that creates positive change. That's what I do. That's who I am. And then you find the strength to go and do that thing that you have become inside. So if you are in a state right now as you're listening to this where you're looking at something in your life and you're saying, man, I really want to do this, but I don't have any idea how I could possibly ever do that thing. Take the pressure off for a minute. Stop for a minute. Don't focus on that thing for a minute. Don't focus on the doing. And just stop for a minute and start to imagine yourself as the kind of person that does those sorts of things. Just be it. Just be it for a while. And maybe you need to spend some time imagining and dreaming about that for a few weeks or a few months. And don't imagine yourself in that state like you can't do it. Imagine it like you can. And start to spend some time around people who you could talk to about that. And they would say, oh yeah, that's the kind of person you are. I could totally see you doing that. I could see you achieving that. I could see that happening. And when you surround yourself with those kind of people who will affirm that, then it starts to, you start to become that. You start to internalize that new truth. And then what you find is that the world around you becomes expansive. And you're not living in that little box anymore. You're, you're looking out into the world in such a positive, wonderful, hopeful, faithful way. And you can go and do it. And that is probably the secret identity that you're hiding. We could question which one is the real you and which one's not. But I think you know which one is. And that's the places that are secret. That's the identity that's secret inside you that needs to come out, that the world needs. You don't just need it, but we need it. I need that encouragement from you, seeing you go out there and, and become something amazing that allows you to do something amazing. That's important to me. And it's important to other people in your life, your family, the people that love you and care about you. They want you. The people that really care about you, that really love you, 
They want you to do amazing things. They want you to reach your potential. That's what they want. Even though sometimes they might be like, oh, this is uncomfortable, you making this change. Ultimately, they want that for you. And so go after it. Go after it. Thanks for joining me for a few minutes today. This was really, really great, and I I hope it was helpful for you. If you liked this podcast uh, and it was helpful, I hope you'll share it with someone. And you can like or comment wherever you found it. That kind of feedback really does help in, in sharing it and inspiring other people to join us. So thank you for being here. Sending you love and big hugs. Have a heroic day.